Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Support comes from FoodWorks Natural Market, your local full-service organic and natural food store, offering health and wellness programs and a variety of vegan and vegetarian selections. Located in Guilford, Old Saybrook, and Cheshire, information at food-works.org. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Graham Greene who said, Champagne, if you are seeking the truth, is better than a lie detector. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to life? Should old acquaintance be forgot? And noise of old lang syne. This is the funniest thing. I didn't hear Chris. No, no, you don't want to hear me sing. I had to hum because I don't know the words. Yeah, and I don't know the words either. I heard Chris. We are celebrating. This is our last show of the year, and we're doing this. This cracks me up. I once did a piece for All Things Considered National Peace. I went out on the street with a microphone, and I said to people, uh, do you know any Christmas carols? And everyone said, yes. And I said, well, uh, what's, what's your favorite? And they, this is as far as they could get. Dashing through the snow. One verse. No, not even the whole verse. <laughs> so it was so the whole thing. Was, oh, that was excellent. I think that, that was uh, that was us just now. All right, here's what we're doing. We are celebrating New Year's. This is the last show of the year. What would you say? It, let me tell you who I'm with. I'm with, of course, our senior contributors. We have the producer, senior producer uh, Robin Doyon Aiken. We have we love you for your work all year, Robin. Thank you. Big hugs. Big hugs. I, I love you guys. We've got Alex Province, senior contributor. We have Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. We have our cocktail guy, Anthony DeSeria, wine broker, Mark Raymond, all here. What was it the year of? 2016, I think hmm. 15 was the year of kale. And you could yeah. argue that 16 was a continuation of kale. Make it stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think people discovered kohlrabi this year because yeah. now I'm seeing yeah. kohlrabi yeah. recipes yeah. everywhere yeah. and I never yeah. even tasted it before yeah. this year. The I alien thing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I saw of a lot of this year too, which I didn't see last year, was Brussels sprouts were actually, yes. they were out on the stem yeah. in, gro- yes. in, in mm. grocery stores where you and, can just yeah, pluck them yourself off. And yeah. I'm seeing Brussels sprouts as appetizers. Yes. Oh, yeah. Not side dishes, yeah. but you go into restaurants and there's like, you can order a yep. bowl of sliced, whether it be a cold salad or a little like braised. Bacon. Yeah, 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 with, yeah, with bacon. Braised with ba- everything bacon, with bacon. Yeah. Could it be the year of bacon? It could always it's be the year. Always it's always the year of bacon. You know, yeah. you know what disappeared in this past year? Sous vide. 
Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Looking, that one you know, poaching too. in bags yeah. in water that at very low temperatures. Yeah. I don't like the challenging. Everyone thought it was new. I have a friend who's a food scientist for Nestle's, and he laughs at us chefs who think it's new because he's like, we've been doing that in the food laboratory forever. <laughs> and how about, I mean, isn't that essentially what people do when yeah. they buy frozen food products yeah. and drop them into a, a, a pan of boiling water? Yeah, exactly. In a way, it's kind of sous vide The way I look at trends is like, does the good outweigh the bad? Does the things that it really does well, does that outweigh what it is? And that, well, the sous vide one never did it for me as far as the good outweighing the it bad. It does work right. for alcohol infusions, though, where you take your fruit and your spirit and you yeah. sous vide it that yeah, way, too. Like I said, there's some it, certain... It has its good and bad points. Because the alcohol can evaporate away. Exactly. So <laughs> it's trapped. I, you trapped. Know, the angel share is trapped <laughs> I love it. Anthony, I waited to see if we would get more of those vaporizing bars where uh, you, you oh, hold yeah. up... There's oh, you breathe the body in the alcohol. You breathe in the vapor of the drink you're not even tasting it so there's no I, I don't even understand. What's the point? Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? There was one at an airport I went through once really fast, and I, I was like running to get a flight, and I looked, and there's all these people with mat, and you're like, what yeah. is that? And then oh. you're like, oh my gosh, it's a vapor well, what about, bar. How would happen to yeah, taste? I, mean, that's, that's, I think that's just you're doing something for the effect. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely in an airport, you need one. It's like, you know, I'm getting on a plane. <laughs> Quick. I, I can't wait for this vodka. So I wonder if it's, it's like, airport. I need this now. So you actually absorb it. Yes. Yeah, yeah you bring wow. it in. You know what I saw faster. that I'm happy about? I've been doing it for a little while is octopus. Oh, oh I love, love octopus. Right? Yes. And you, it was it's funny because people weren't into it and then we served so much calamari in this country which is just small octopus in my mind. Right. But now you see octopus as an appetizer on a lot of menus and I love it. Yeah. And there's I love so many different ways it. you can do it too. So many in Europe they eat a ton in of Spain. it in oh, Spain, yeah. in Brazil, in I South America yeah. and here we just I think now we're just starting to break into that. It takes like a little skill to make it right because mm-hmm. it can be like bubblegum other Wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, but that on a wooden board with paprika yeah. and olive oh, oil, yeah. like oh. pulpo style yeah. in Spain. Oh, I perfect. order it every time I see it on a menu and knock on wood quick. Haven't had a bad one yet. And that these are local Connecticut restaurants. Like I had one, uh, Maximia, which is a restaurant that does some stone pies kind of things near me. They did a great one. Yeah. Oh, that's it. good. So again, awesome. seeing it. Yeah. So maybe that's up there. Where are Octopi coming from? Uh, they import some from, mm-hmm. I've seen it from Portugal, yeah. Spain. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not local. Mediterranean. Then. No. Not yet, no. maybe. <laughs> not a big <laughs> enough market. No. <laughs> Farm to table. <laughs> Do you want to, Alex is thinking, it's like, I got a boat. <laughs> I can get those. I get one every once in a while. <laughs> I've never seen one actually swim around the boat. <laughs> All right. Let's, okay. let's talk about, when we first started the Food Schmooze, there was a cookbook author from San Francisco who came on the show and she said, I'm going to tell you what's coming, what the new trend is going to be for a very long time. And I said, okay. And she said, uh, she had a cooking school there. Food as medicine. Ah. Yeah. Mm. That has been true, true for Absolutely. the entire, yeah. to this moment, to the entire, mm-hmm. through the entire run of the mm-hmm. Boochmoos. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. The we have hundreds of books here in our studio that's around that theme. Hundreds. Yeah. yeah. That, that what food can do to heal you, what mm-hmm. food can do to harm you, food mm-hmm. as medicine, yeah. the connection to it as a pharmaceutical. And, and not just physical, mental too, right? Sure. Because yeah. food as an antidote food, to, yeah. uh, to depression. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was right. Yeah. She was absolutely Anxiety. so Anxiety. true. Yeah. 
So we'll see if that continues. And I, I don't like know. I don't know what 2017 will hmm. be. It's going to be a good year. You know, what do you think the new one's coming? Oh, what, what are the trends think, coming? I don't up? know. Let me think about that real quick. I don't There's know. How about in in cocktails, Anthony? In, in Is cocktails, there... I think you're going to see more of what you saw this year, which was the return of the classic. More of the uh, big ice cubes and ice programs and, you know, not watering down the cocktails and working with dilution ratios. I think you're going to see more science behind the cocktails. Uh-huh. So low alcohol by volume. Low alcohol El- by volume. Less and sweet. also, yeah, less sweet, more bitter. I think you're going to see the resurgence of the Manhattans and the Old Fashions and the Cosmopolitans and the Espresso Martinis are all going to be back. The Whiskey Sours with the Egg Whites. I think yeah, you're going to see, see yeah. I think you're going to see where we had this peak of of bartenders for the past like two years i made my own bitters i made my own tinctures i this is my new uh you know triples type of syrup i think you're going to see getting Shrubs. getting back to simple again so it really will be the 1950s i, I think so <laughs> i really think so but yeah i think it's, it's going to be a little blast from the past can, can i start more smoking natu- more yeah. natural flavors oh, no. <laughs> get my hoop skirt but, out but, <laughs> but craft will definitely maintain you're still going to see all fresh ingredients and i think food is going to go that way too now that i think of it i think food is heading already in that direction where we're you know these precious plates and overdone dishes is going to the side and people are really ordering more hearty comforting love that like yeah, and you've yeah, seen yeah. it like come and go over the past 10 years but i think this upcoming year you're going to see a lot more of that simple very good hearty flavorful dishes a lot of braises and and not doing too much to the food not overdoing it huh. like yeah. we were in the past faith weren't you saying the cocktail party was going to come back i say mm-hmm. i wish for it to come yeah. back well, but wish. since it's the 1950s yeah. <laughs> I think they are going to be back. Yeah. White vinyl sofas, yeah. low glass. I got like my fondue pot ready. Frank Come on Sinatra. over. Yeah. 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 Off white carpets. <laughs> <laughs> Shag. 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 Shag carpet. Shag so we started to see wine coming out in unusual colors last oh, year. Yeah. Orange that wine. I think that's gone. Orange wine. Orange wine. It's I think gone. that's gone. There was a blue one a blue. we saw this year. That was called Gick or something like yeah. that. Are we going to see anything wild in wine? Some new grapes? From or new areas? Or new areas. Yes. New areas. I think we're going to, in that sense, we're going to get back to a lot of the basics as well. I think you're going to see... Back to the motherland and, yeah. you know, the old world grapes. And I think you're going to see a lot of the new world trying to not just hang on to grapes like uh, Malbec in Argentina and Cabernet in Chile, but you're going to see them venture out into the Pinot Noirs and the Tempranillos yeah. of the which world. Which is new for them. Which is new for them. And they're making really good quality If of that, that happens, I don't know if you agree, Alex, but if that happens, will champagne come back? Oh, because champagne is definitely so. coming back. And you know what's coming back? Rosé is, is getting very, very popular. Rosé. Oh, yeah. Rosé yeah. isn't sparkling yeah. rosé. It's not just March anymore. It's, it's, year round. it's a year-round wine yeah. now. Yeah, I like that. And we've always loved them here on the Food Schmo, so we're excited about that. To come back to champagne, because mm-hmm. it is the, the drink time. of this time, some sure kind of is. bubbly. Sure. Um, people have tended to feel more comfortable ordering mm-hmm. Prosecco. They've been to Italy more than they've been to the Champagne region. They're nervous about pronouncing the names of the Champagnes, whereas Prosecco is Prosecco. It's easy to pronounce. 
It's often less expensive on the menus. And so I've always had this question. It, champagne is so gorgeous to me. It is my favorite thing. And so I wait to see if this will be the year of champagne. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, last year we did see in my restaurant a small uptick mm-hmm. in sparkling wine sales. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Not a huge, not not like, oh, everyone's drinking it's it. It's not but just for just, celebrations. Yeah, People yeah. are drinking it like a white wine. Yeah. Yeah. The, the trends I've noticed it's a great aperitif. in wine, yeah. people are going towards bio wines, what they're calling a calling in France like biodynamically grown wines yeah. or organically grown wines people are more concerned about what's going into you know onto the land the pesticides the herbicides and looking for wines to be cleaner and and uh, you know better for you so that's good you so know, lower soul yeah. fights food is medicine mm-hmm. yep. absolutely you know, think, uh, Europe just now is passing another law reducing the sulfite content of wine so they've dropped it oh. by another notch so that's a, a, a trend that we'll be seeing yeah Feel like and me, that does gives that you affect the flavor of the wine? Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the Wherever lower... you get the pure expression of the fruit, you get pure flavor out of the final product. You, you can mean see we'll it. taste more fruit when you, they lower the sulfites? You'll taste yeah. more of what the real wine is. Because if you taste the, and we've done this, I mean, Alex, yeah. I know, has done this, where you taste the wine that is a, a sort of a, a recipe, industrial wine, and then you have something that comes from a pure biodynamic estate and you taste those side by side same grape from similar areas it just it blows you away it's amazingly expressive how the biodynamic wine is Hmm. compared to the engineered how do we describe what biodynamic wine is They, they grow actually they grow in an organic way, but they follow the phases of the moon. Celestial components to it. They're looking at the farm as like an organism. So what comes in and what goes out is important. And uh, they're making their own fertilizers and teas and composts. And using animals in the the vineyards and things like that. Chickens for pests and ticks and... All right, so because... I have a smartphone. I looked up what Whole Foods, they're a big right company in this country, and I looked up to see what they thought the trends of 2017 will be. Do you want to hear them? Because this is pretty yeah. cool. Okay. You ready? Wellness tonics, food as medicine, uh, right? Yeah. You right. hit that yeah. one right out yep. of the park. Bioproducts. Hey, yeah, wow. Alex hit that one oh. out of the park, ding, ding, right? Ding. This is a fun one. Coconut everything. Think oh, chips, yeah. ice cream, butters. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese food beyond sushi, like dried kelp, wakame, and Japanese-style pickles. Creative condiments, such as uh, black sesame tahini, habanero jam, ghee, which is butter, and uh, black garlic puree. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, black yeah. garlic yeah. was yeah. big. Um, alternative pastas. Oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Like whole wheats and things? Um, and alter- different, uh, alternative uh, grain noodles made from well, quinoa, like lentils, chickpeas. Yeah. Chickpeas yeah. Yeah. is yeah. the newest one. Yeah. yeah. Purple Lush. foods, black Pur- rice, purple asparagus, purple, purple corn, squid ink, carrots. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's some good yeah. ones, right? That, yeah, and, that we hit, and we hit on a few of them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. we see how Whole Foods is going to be ordering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, this is what you get. <laughs> That's fun. So now we know what's on there. It's going to be on their shelves. That's so go- funny um, thing, though, going back to that topic of, of the European wineries and going completely biodynamic, you see signs all over. We were just there a couple weeks yeah. ago. And all over, outside the, the vineyards in Verona and Valpolicella, everything. I mean, the honey is being produced yeah. by uh, yes. the yep. the fruits, everything. Yeah. And the signs are up everywhere. Plowing with horses. Yeah. Remember, it's amazing. Instead of using tractors, you're using horses with a exactly. little plow behind it. It's so neat. Uh, it's so we, cool. we just, it's, it's being smarter and healthier. 
Yeah. We just led that tour um, oh, yeah. to, right. to Italy. Yeah, to Italy, yeah. And uh, we're, we're starting to work to put together another one. That will probably be in, I think, in the fall, this coming fall. When we were in Italy, and we'll go back to Italy again, another region, when we were there in that particular region in Piemonte, yeah. uh, they had a lot of what you're talking about, Mark. There yeah. were, we saw much more biodynamic wine and mm-hmm. farms and a consciousness about that in wine stores. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's pretty exciting. I've got one that just popped into my head that I'm not sure that uh, what I think of, and I've had it a few times. What about ramen? Does anyone here have you seen like there's oh, restaurants yeah. where oh, in yeah, New York so, yeah. everybody yes, only yeah. serve ramen? They're crazy and for ramen it. Ramen for me, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because ramen for me was what we took and put in the coffee pot in in our college dorm back oh, in yeah. the day, and then you pour the water yep, yep. in it, and that that would be your dinner. And you got like I don't know, you got this whole yeah. box of them for three dollars or something. Yeah. And now there's fine dining restaurants that are making like really high-end ramen oh, yeah. with amazing ingredients. I mean, yeah. we even have a noodle place in yeah. in Sims right now that has a ramen on. Little know. Rivers doing yeah. one in yeah. Hartford. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is ramen something yeah. that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's just starting to take off. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we'll see it's more. It's comfort food, though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's salty yeah. and salty. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a natural <laughs> progression <laughs> from broth, which was so huge this year. Yeah. 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 People oh, like, like bone broth? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Our generation, like we grew up on mac and cheese and now you go into like a restaurant and you see like these high-end like lobster mac sure. and cheeses why not ramen too because we grew up on that so yeah. it's playing familiar, to our comfort familiar, zone familiar but, but now like adult, adulting it yeah. so we just wanted to say happy new years to all of you from Yay. from all of us we're so glad you're with us and um hope it's the best year it possibly can be for you i'll take it from here faith we know you have a train to catch say hello to uh, ryan seacrest for us when the ball drops coming up chris prosperi's slow cooker brisket with two unexpected ingredients and in our third segment we'll get all food nostalgic with blogger and author jenny rosenstruck her new book is how to celebrate everything she's sharing recipes for a copycat entenmann's cake and that old classic chocolate pudding pie plus her new year's eve dinner we hope you will make it a new year's resolution to help feed the hungry in 2017 it'll feed your spirit we'll be right back Just a quick reminder that you guys should sign up for our podcast by going to foochmoose.org. It's really easy. All you do is go there once, you sign up, it's free, and you'll never miss a show. Also, while you're there, check out our delicious curated food, wine, cocktails, recipes. It's all at foochmoose.org. And for those of us who love Facebook, 
go to Faith Middleton Fuchmoos. We love to like talk to you guys there, so leave we us do. a comment. I think Rob oh, does. Yeah. I do Faith. Oh yep. yeah. We're on every day. Chris, <laughs> maybe not yeah. so much. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Chris every is once busier in a while, than we are. Every once in a while I hit like. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> that, that's good. So Faith just had to dash, but I'm here with Chris Bosberry of Metro East of Simsbury, wine broker Mark Raymond, Ooh. our senior producer Robin Doyon Aiken, and Chris, we just ate the most delicious brisket I've ever had. How did you make it? Yeah. I know. And he has a great story, Chris. So I know. Make sure oh, you tell and, and you caught me Googling on my phone right now <laughs> the ingredients because Mark said, hey, I taste blah, blah, blah. And he's like, is that in there? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and I don't know because it has a secret ingredient, well, and me, I don't know all the ingredients in the secret ingredient. Let me, let me, go I'm going to blow people's minds right, right now. Go ahead. I'm you let do them it, know and then I'm going to look at. I'm going to look in the other ingredients. Okay, so in Chris's slow cooker brisket, you will find obviously brisket, and here's the thing: a package of Lipton beef onion soup mix. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll finish a diced onion, a container of mushrooms. Also, another sort of surprise ingredient to me anyway was a can of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so cool. It's a surprise recipe. It It really is. Because I think you have to have it first by not knowing what it is. You have to eat it first with not having the list of ingredients in front of you. So you come at it objectively. Like I did. The first time I had this, this recipe is not mine. It comes from one of my best friends, Lee White. And she makes this every year around the holidays. And she made it for, believe it or not, a bunch of us chefs. Mm-hmm. And I do it in so the crock good. pot. She just did it in a sort of wrapped in foil, braised it in foil. We were like ogling it when it came out of the oven. Again, when it comes out of the oven, you don't know what's in it. You just see this beautiful piece of brisket with these oh, mushrooms. So, Mark, you're like picking through oh, I was celery. Yeah. And he's, oh, like, yeah. what's in? he's like, is that in it? Is that in it? And I'm like, I got to look up the Lipton onion soup mix to see what's and in so, it. And so the Coca-Cola, the can of Coke, I mean, it gives it, it's adding sugar, some caramel color, yeah. you know, it's some acid. Yeah. It doesn't act as a tenderizer because it's not in there long enough, but it just acts as this flavor thing. Yeah. And you know, at first I thought it was strange, but then you guys reminded me, like, Robin, what do you what do you do for an Easter ham? A lot of people use cola in their yeah. hams. Oh. Coca-Cola actually has cookbooks out there. A friend of mine when that. I was doing this recipe once told me about she does a uh, cake with Coca-Cola. And she just takes a box mix and then doesn't put any of the other stuff that it says to put in it. She just takes a can of Coke and puts it in that and bakes it in the oven and she says it's the most The bubbles probably make it like light and fluffy, right? You're adding some effervescence to it. So I was like picking apart the brisket and I was like, did you smoke it? Because the outside is is this beautiful red color. And you're like, no, that's from the Coke. Yeah. So this is what we do. It's this easy. Go to your supermarket, get a couple pound piece of brisket. This time of year, you can get it at any market right it's not very expensive i put it in the crock pot i sprinkle the onion soup mix over the top i take a cup of diced onions or sometimes i use pearl onions yeah. so there's not even any chopping in this one i yeah. had a bag a you one did, pound yeah. bag of pearl onions i was in the noticing freezer. so i just yeah then i didn't even have to cut an onion so that was even easier i take some mushrooms <laughs> quarter them or slice them throw it in pour in the coke i even now have the mexican coca-cola that yeah, has the real, the real sugar, sugar. i don't know some people say you can uh, taste the you difference. can you can that's right cool. absolutely yeah. so anyway i put that in there you put it on low for eight hours or high for four hours yep. and then um this actually tip comes from the first time lee served it to us jacques was there jacques Pepin was there and he was like you know what would make it even better is if you took the liquid and you reduced it a little bit and thickened it 
So that's what I did too. So you take the, some of the liquid like out. Gravy. Yeah, so I take the meat out of the crock pot. I put it in a, on a little serving plate, and then I scoop up most of the mushrooms and some of that liquid yeah. and the onions, and I put it in a pot, and I bring it up to a simmer. I reduce it maybe just by a quarter, and then I thicken it with cornstarch. That's awesome. And then, so yeah, you did use cornstarch. It was so Yeah, delicious. just a little yeah. cornstarch. Just It takes it to the level, and check this out, yeah. it takes it to the level where I could and have served this recipe in my restaurant. <laughs> I don't say Coca-Cola braised beef brisket. I just say braised beef brisket. Although I'll tell you, if you if you put cola braised braised brisket, wow, yeah, there's that one three times fast. on a menu, I bet you the kids would go through that like you would not. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I never it, even it, thought it makes of it an instant oh, family absolutely. favorite. So, so yeah. do you think there's still caffeine in it? <laughs> oh sure, right. The caffeine doesn't sleep. go away. Don't give it to my kids. Wow, yeah. maybe you have to use Coke Zero, right? <laughs> right. No, that still has caffeine. Oh, that's lost. Yeah, caffeine. yeah. No one really has the caffeinated Coke. I find because I actually quite like it. Oh. You know, if, so, yeah. if you want a Coke late at night or something. But again, you don't have to use Coke. I've had this with Dr Pepper root beer, oh, right? Root, root beer, beer. Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was really the onion soup packet that, that, that was the surprise ingredient for me but then I, as i read on it i see the story that goes along with this brisket and i think you know if it's good enough for jacques pepin it is yeah. good enough for me uh. right. see and this is where i don't know where this part comes from because i'm preparing this recipe a couple times this holiday season and i need to get my onion soup mix because it's not something i stock at the restaurant right you know i gotta go find it and i go to the supermarket and it looks like there was a, a riot in the supermarket in the soup aisle. Oh, yeah. The onion soup this mixes time of year? are all oh. gone, disheveled, thrown around. So, so what are people using them for? They're using it. Like what dips? about the dip, right? Oh, I Come love sour cream yeah, dips. Of course. Mm. There's so many uses for it. It's like this cheater ingredient that's this pre-seasoning thing mm. that you can so use. So what's it adding? Like umami, right? I, just I don't want to know what it's Listen, listen <laughs> I just read the ingredients. No Let's MSG. Let's just say it's a holiday, <laughs> New Year's Eve. We don't have to know everything. No yeah. judging. No judging. It, 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 might be, it might be good that Faith had to catch a train. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, She's like, not no, into you know chemicals in her food. I know, but you know what? Faith loves this dish. Actually, yeah. Lee brought it here once for Faith for lunch, and she had it, and she absolutely loved it. So we had it with your potatoes, your yeah. olive oil potatoes, which yeah. are so good. Wow. So that's, that's another delicious. good thing, right? So if you want to do mashed potatoes that are a little different, yeah. all I do is boil some Yukon potatoes or red potatoes yep. until they're you know, fully cooked, and then just mash them with extra virgin olive oil and sea salt and that's it instead of cream and butter yeah perfect side for that so you know what we should have drank with that uh, brisket was yeah. maybe some champagne? Ooh. <laughs> it is New Year's Eve. Yeah. It is. Okay, so bottles it is around. the season. I like well, it. So we had a question on the site a week or so ago, and I thought I would get some help from you guys answering this. One of our listeners was saying, hey, you guys, you recommended a Spanish wine. I really want to know what it is. I want to get it. But what she was really talking about was Spanish cava. That's yeah. what you were talking about. It wasn't a Spanish wine. So what is the difference? Was between... this on Facebook or it was on, on the, our... It was on the website. Okay. The website. Otherwise, Alex would have answered it. And yeah. And yeah. I would have hit like. I would have seen it. <laughs> so just exactly. a quick rundown. And Mark, jump in and help me. But basically, Cava comes from a region outside of Barcelona, Spain. And they've been making sparkling wine there forever. And they use the traditional method champenois. So they ferment it inside the bottle, just like they do in champagne. Right. But they use their own indigenous grapes, uh, Macabeo, Charello, and Parillada. And there's a quiz at the end of the show. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> so it is It is a Spanish wine. It it's is, just a category absolutely. of Spanish and, wine. And they range from like Segura Veudas, yep. which is inexpensive and good, to you can spend 40 bucks for a cava. And, and they really are quite good. Who yeah. hasn't seen the 
black bottle. Yeah, that's the, fr- right? the fresh. The fresh and that. I mean, that's probably the most known one, but there are others. And right? they come, you know, uh, like the Nando Sasha, the yeah. very dry to the brute to you know the semi sack and all the way down to sweet. And then, um, you know, some people are drinking like Prosecco, which we yeah, so, love on the show as so well. So what's the difference right. between Prosecco, Cava, Champagne, a and American yeah. sparkling yeah. wine? So, well, it's, it's still easy. So Prosecco <laughs> comes from a place, Prosecco yeah. in Italy, and it uses a grape called Prosecco, also called Glera. Instead of fermenting it in the bottle, like secondary fermentation, Method Champenois, they do it in a big tank, which is why they keep the cost down, mm-hmm. why it's cheaper. But Proseccos are so refreshing and clean and perfect for, like, sparkling uh, cocktails. Tend what, to be a little fruitier. Yeah, what's the, I was going to say, what's the difference between – what do you taste differently between doing it in the bottle and doing it in the tank? Is it less bubbles? Is it more bubbles? Well, bigger bubbles? I think the bubbles in – when it's bottle fermented, you get a little bit more fine bubble, yeah. refined bubble. Whereas if you're done in tank, it's sort of a, a larger sort of carbonation feel, mouthfeel. So sort of the, like beer versus, right? Yeah, the way beer is. I don't, yeah. yeah. I guess you could see how there's different carbonation levels yeah. in beer. If you like a nutty sort of yeasty, so real champagne is nutty and yeasty and complex, and you try it, it almost tastes like you know older white wine. And is that because of the way it's done? Well, with, it's in aged. The it's fermented in the bottle. It has all the yeast, which you know there's yeast yeah. in bread, so that's why you know champagne smells like bready. Yeah, doughy. Um, it's yeah. doughy. It's been aged in the bottle, some of these, for like three to five years. If you like complex, then cava is like a good alternative for champagne at less money. If you just like sparkling and clean and refreshing, like you were saying, Mark, and Prosecco Prosecco's a great Yeah, I drink a fit. lot of Prosecco. And I, think I just find it simple, easy, no fuss. I think one of the questions everybody gets all the time is, that, you know, they say, oh, I love, I love champagne or, you know, I love sparkling wine, but they don't really understand champagne is a place it's and that's where the french champagne comes from and then cava is a place and that's where the spanish sparkling comes from and it's made in similar manner and then you have prosecco for italy and then we have all sorts of sparkling wine that's made in the united states which are some are really good but absolutely great quality but but they're not called champagne but some are made champagne like champagne in the champagne method Method, and some are made in the prosecco method too no or not so much well, I think I think most of the the sparkling prosecco is made there. In, in, but that yeah. that tank fermentation, I guess, is what I'm asking. Is there anyone in this country doing that style of sparkling wine that you know? Of? Maybe uh, cheaper stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. unless they're expensive. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. So, so remember, when you ferment it in the bottle, so you have to first make a still wine. You have to put it in a bottle. Now you have to, you know, they add a little dosage, so a little yeast, a little yeah. sugar, a little alcohol. Now they have to let that ferment, and then you have to turn the bottle sideways and keep turning it and get all the yeast down riddle to the it. neck of the yep. bottle, Riddling. riddle it. Yep. And then you have to disgorge it, and now you have to you know, fill it back up again and cork it and now cellar it for like two or three or five years. So it's I have expensive. have a new appreciation yeah. for it. Right? Yeah, it's too. an expensive it's a, process. And you have yeah. these guys in caves that are like riddling. Like riddling. That's a job. <laughs> That's yeah. a job. <laughs> <laughs> and what if do you, you can do see Alex living? riddling right yeah. now with yeah. his hands yeah. trying to like explain spinning. this. Well, <laughs> well, these guys, you know, if you've ever watched them, they're so fast. They can do like they a pallet of the them. Bottle. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> so, but, you know, the thing is, go into a good wine shop, a shop that you like and trust. Chris and I, we were just saying, don't be afraid to tell them, like, what you want to spend. Say, I want to spend $10 for yeah. a nice bottle. They'll have favorites at that price point. Yeah. Yeah. Or say, I want to $15 spend 15 What's your favorite $20 yeah. bottle? These guys will help you 
you, you know, steer, you don't be shy. You don't have to like worry about looking cheap. Just be honest. And a good wine shop will have plenty of variety in all those prices, right? They'll have good ones at 10, they'll have 15, they'll have 20, all the way up to in the hundreds. There's nothing wrong with saying what your budget is, especially if you have a punch in mind or something and you're not really going to be toasting with the champagne. Maybe you want to go down a little bit. Exactly. And Chris had a neat idea. So when you do these parties as well, do a couple bottles of lots of different stuff. So, yeah. you know, if you're going to have people over, try a bottle or two of Cava, try a Prosecco, try a Champagne, and, you know, right. have them all. It's a good conversational thing, too, yeah. right? Like, to what did, did you like that one? Or did you, here, try, this is the this is actually the Spanish one. Try this against the French one or the American one, or try this against the Prosecco. Right. And it gets, it gets you going on so, what so the who's, differences are. So who's going to saber a bottle tonight? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you still have the video up, Robin? It is available, yes. We have a video. Go ahead, Alex. So, so, well, so Jacques Pepin, uh, you know, came in and into the studio and, and, and sabers a bottle of champagne. I've, I'm next to him, so I feel like I'm squealing the whole video because <laughs> every time, you know, But you swings, did it too, right? Oh, it's it's actually yeah. really easy to do. So, you know, I, I don't want to tell anyone on the air. They should do it. it. <laughs> I wish I could practice on a really terrible bottle. Yeah, what do you do? Do you buy like, do you buy like yeah. a $3 bottle or maybe some sparkling apple cider? Would it work? Well, no. <laughs> No, you have to. No. You, have, you need a. You, have to you need a. Go you big just got to be committed. Go, yeah. You just got to be committed. It's not. It's not hard to do. It's not. It, it's a lot easier than you would think. It's when you just, watch yeah. the video, you'll see I am the one who didn't do it, and that's because I'm not going to waste the champagne, even if it's a one percent chance that I'm going to blow it. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen <laughs> can you practice on the empty bottle it's really fun i do recommend though you do it outside yeah rob yes, and i rob absolutely and I be in the parking Step garage outside. after and with all the empty bottles trying don't to have anyone you know in, in, in the you. way it's like playing golf don't have anyone like taking a photograph for facebook four? in front of in front of you, of yes. you. Yes. do you scream four to the side. like yes <laughs> and make sure cars are out of the way and everything else yeah don't what? fire it at the windows uh, i got a better one don't try this at home there we go. Watch the video like I did. Enjoy it and drink your champagne. Right. Happy holidays. Too funny. Yeah. So as Faith would say, we love the local. Support your local food growers and food makers. And for on-demand delivery of the Food Schmooze podcast and all the recipes, restaurant recommendations, and streaming videos, including our holiday card for all of us drinking champagne, (laughs) go to foodschmooze.org. After the break, a New Year's Eve dinner featuring three of my favorite things, lobster, champagne, and butter. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good. Stay with us. the food schmooze party offering the richness of life coming to you in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and New York, including Westchester County, where our special guest lives, the east end of Long Island, of course, the Hamptons. I am Robin Doyon Aiken. I produce today's show. I also produce the website with the help of two very awesome volunteers, Paula Pierce and Jason Black. I cannot thank you guys enough for helping me get the recipes on the site each week. I wish I could pay you in cheese or chocolate or some <laughs> other delicious thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
To listen to the show on WNPR, our station, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations, as well as recipes we feature and short videos, are always online at foodschmooze.org, so come and talk to us there. I'm joined in the studio by three guys who love Jenny Rosenstrock's book, How to Celebrate Everything, because they're always looking for an excuse to celebrate anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast and Simsbury and wine brokers Alex Province and Mark Raymond. Now, I thought it would be a good idea to end the year with a book that'll inspire us to cook all year long in 2017. And what better book could we feature than one that's all about celebrations? Jenny Rosenstrock is the creator of the enormously popular blog, Dinner, A Love Story. It's also a best-selling book. She's also the author of Dinner, A Playbook, a 30-day plan for mastering the family meal. If you listen to this show, you know that I'm kind of all about this home cook moms that really just speak to me. Jenny's latest book, How to Celebrate Everything, includes more than 100 recipes and rituals for birthdays, holidays, family dinners, and every day in between. It is out now. It is like looking through someone's treasured family album, and you will want Jenny and her husband to adopt you, even mm-hmm. if you are old enough to be their grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, welcome to the Fuchmoos. Thank you for celebrating with us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What an intro. I love it. This book is all about creating rituals. Rituals is a word that comes up over and over, and not just in this book, Jenny, but in your first two books and in all the writing you do, really. Can you talk for a second about the difference between routine and ritual? Sure. Basically, I wrote about rituals because I feel like most of us live in these worlds where we are kind of on the go 24-7, right? And every day feels like a race to the finish line. Mm. And we do have our routines. You know, when our kids were little, we relied on those routines. They just sort of like gave our days structure, and we need those routines to keep us sane. But rituals, I find, as the kids have gotten older, my kids are 13 and 14 now, I find that rituals really help you slow down and infuse meaning into that routine. Mm -hmm. It's a very intentional way of stopping and shining a spotlight on a moment for you that actually matters. In a weird way, it, it feels like stopping time. And, you know, this is not something I would have explained to you 10 years ago when my kids were younger, but I feel like I really want to make sure that I'm stopping and paying attention. And also, I want to make sure they're stopping and paying attention and making sure that we all feel lucky um, mm-hmm. to be happy and to be where we are. To be together. To be together. Yeah, it's the point. Exactly. Yep. Well, let's talk about some food that we eat when we are together. I want to talk first about your latkes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Potato pancake time. We think of latkes, you know, not only as just Hanukkah food, but good old party food. Alex is always suggesting that we pair champagne with french fries. And so when I Potato chips, french fries. Yeah, I love it. Highbrow, lowbrow. When I saw your your latkes spread in your book, which is so gorgeous, I knew exactly what I would be putting out for my New Year's Eve gathering. Right. Latkes are one of those foods where you make them once a year, and you're like, why don't I do this all the time? It's so crazy. I say that every time. That's what you were saying. (laughs) Oh, my God. And they're also so easy to make fun. You know, we turn them into dinner all the time, usually in December when it's Hanukkah time. But, you know, we'll fry up potato pancakes and have applesauce and sour cream. You hit on it. That's why people don't do it all the time, because no one wants to actually get into a big frying thing. 
they can be a little bit laborious, but the payoff is so worth it. Yeah, yeah but they're so fun. Yes. There's some work involved, but the way I do them is everyone stands around the pan, yes. and you get the oil in there, and you, you're cooking together. People are topping them as they pop out of the pan onto the paper towels, and the kitchen becomes the party place. I love that idea. And the party idea is nice because when you have a party, it's so fun. There's so many different ways you can go. You know, I love just sort of freshly grated horseradish with yeah. them or yeah. salmon, chopped red onion, always a classic. I mean, even mm-hmm. we've done caviar, too, you know, not, oh, like, yeah. not, not super fancy caviar, just like the paddlefish caviar. You can get at Whole Foods for like 15 bucks or something, but <laughs> it, it works, yeah. and that's dinner, you know. You got yeah. smoked salmon, that's your protein, and you yeah. got your... I find people rummage through my fridge, too. Like, I'll have toppings out, like you said, the smoked salmon and well, the like capers pickles. and stuff, and people will, like, open the refrigerator door. Hey, look, there's some shrimp in there. Let's chop that up and put on top. Oh, my God. I want to go to your house. Yeah, no, it's, you basically can't go wrong. I think that's the message here. And I'll make a bunch of them ahead of time. I know I do like them hot right off the griddle, but if I make enough of them for a party, I just sort of heat them right before people come at 300. It's still, and you can put it out in a classic buffet. That works, too. I went to a latka party where she made the latkes ahead of time. It really is a great, if you're having a party, it is the make-ahead food to do. Yes. And she kept them in her slow cooker. Like, it wasn't anything to do with cooking, but that was how she just kept them warm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah, So they get stacked in? They were stacked, but kind of strategically so that they didn't end up steaming in any way. You need to let some of the heat out so that you're not serving mushy latkes. I've done them ahead of time, put them in the fridge, and brought them out the next day and just refreshed them in the oven, and Mm -hmm. they're fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They really do work great as a cook-ahead kind of thing. And but now you have me hooked on, like, hanging next to the frying pan. That's the, I see, that's the way I do it. I think it's more fun that way just because <laughs> if you have a big enough kitchen and people, they're, like, drawn to it. Yeah. And you get in the kitchen and the pan's going and everyone's, like, gathering around. And at, basically, as you're making them, you're just tossing them onto a plate and people are eating them or as throwing fast. them directly into people's yeah. mouths. Yeah. People, yeah. people are eating them <laughs> as fast <laughs> as you're <laughs> making <laughs> them. You know, they're Balance like, come the on, ball. faster, faster. <laughs> <laughs> What were you saying about the guy who has to squeeze the potato? Yeah, my friend Lee, who does a laka party every year, she's, she looks around the room when people arrive, and she looks for the person with the biggest hands to do the ringing, you know, because you put them in a towel and wring them out, right, to make them very dry, right. the shredded right. potato. So she always looks around, and she's like, hey, you, come here. <laughs> You get the biggest hands. Yeah. Start ringing these. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jenny's recipe for latkes, along with a bunch of really fun party toppings to put on them, is on our website, foodschmooze.org. To move over a little bit to sweets, you have two recipes in the book that I want to talk about, and both of them involve a little nostalgia. Yes, I am, I am all about nostalgia. And mm-hmm. I think most people my age, or I would think most parents, the goal is always to sort of recreate your own childhood with, mm-hmm. with your own kids. It just kind of hurdles you back when you have one bite of something that you used to have every day. I'm not breaking any news here, but I grew up in the 80s, so I grew up on a lot of, you know, processed food, and my mom, great cook, but that doesn't mean that occasionally, or I would say more than occasionally, we had, you know, Chef Boyardee ravioli, and we always, always (laughs) had a big drawer packed with Entenmann's, like the whole aisle. I love it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like the house Chris and I were saying we would have liked to have been invited over to. And Alex and I are, we always talk about, when we're talking about sweets as child, is the pudding the mix you make in the pot on the stove? Oh yeah, right. The Jello try pudding. Try not to Jell-O burn pudding. it. Yeah, try yeah, not yeah. to scorch the milk. That is an excellent segue, Chris. To um, we have one of your chocolate pudding pies on the site, but tell us about your mom's. What is the inspiration for your recipe? To go back a few weeks to Thanksgiving, every single year I think since 
the 80s, we've had two Jell-O chocolate pudding pies on our Thanksgiving dinner. Awesome. <laughs> With the graham cracker crust, like the key blue yes. made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And my, and, you know, she now has six grandchildren, so they associate Thanksgiving with this Jell-O pudding pie. And mm, one on year it. I decided, why are we still having this pie when we can make a beautiful, you know, homemade chocolate pudding with Valrona chocolate and with homemade <laughs> crust? And, and I was the fool who decided to put this pie next to the Jell-O pudding pie. And Uh-oh. you can only imagine yeah. how, that, how that went over with the grandkids. They were mm-hmm. like, what on earth? Why would you do that? You're so crazy. Why do we need it fancy? To be honest, I was kind of relieved that it didn't. That my, I mean, my pie, don't You're get me wrong, it was delicious, but it was not. Not the same. You know, it's nostalgia wins over delicious. Every 100%. Time. Absolutely. And, and listen, you are doing it highbrow because you're doing the stovetop pudding. See, that's how we were the highbrow. <laughs> we didn't do the instant one where you put the mixer in it right, no 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 right, to oh. do the stir. real pudding you had a stir oh, yeah. i had never thought it was, uh-huh. it was labor right. it was labor <laughs> and then you made yeah. real pudding i didn't want her pie to be beaten because then that would have been the end of some era with me too and, oh. right right are the graham cracker crust coming from are you crushing graham crackers and making it with butter yeah so yeah. it's not it's a little bit cheating when i say that it's entirely homemade because it's a press and crust so i use honey graham crackers you can find organic honey graham crackers but mm-hmm. i have to say like the Nabisco one. Yeah, I was going to say with the pudding, you don't need them. No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mess around. Don't mess with classics. Totally. (laughs) The second dessert that you grew up with was one laced also with nostalgia for you, and it's the sour cream chocolate nut loaf. It's your homemade version of an Entenmann's cake, right? Right. Back to that Entenmann's drawer. I mean, you would not Uh believe what we had in that drawer. I'm sure you guys can all relate, but it was like the chocolate frosted donuts. Oh, yeah. My favorite. And the big, like, thickly spackled frosting cupcakes, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Alex still eats that. Occasionally. (laughs) I don't know why I I don't anymore. I mean, I do know why, but... (laughs) With a gallon of milk and those chocolate donuts? Gosh. But the one prize for us was always the sour cream chocolate chip nut loaf, which my father was obsessed with. Oh, yeah. They discontinued it. I still have yet to find out why, but this was maybe like 20 years ago. It just it's probably still some around. <laughs> yeah. I have been trying to recreate it for my whole life, and I went to some party where someone had made like a chocolate chip pound cake that kind of tasted like it, and I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to recreate that taste so that I can remember what that tasted mm-hmm. like. After many, many attempts, I did it. This recipe in this book, I'm immediately back in like 1982, just yeah. like in my linoleum kitchen with my father. And um, <laughs> it's delicious, even if you don't have all those memories associated with But I think most people actually do with Entenmann's products. Like if you were, oh, yeah. were raised in the 80s, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I remember it too. I think with this recipe, you are actually providing a service for those of us who really miss this cake. <laughs> this is on our website, Robin? It is on our website. the idea, yeah. Uh, Alex is making this for New Year's Eve. (laughs) We are with Jenny Rosenstrock, who is the creator of the blog Dinner, A Love Story, and her latest book is How to Celebrate Everything. In the time we have left, we have to ask you, because it's the time, your fancy pants New Year's Eve dinner. This could not be easier, and the centerpiece is steamed lobsters with champagne butter. 
and I'm using more than just a tablespoon of the champagne in my butter, but I really want a bubbly butter. So talk to us about this, Jenny. Well, the whole night is actually really fun because in spite of authoring four cookbooks at this point and and (laughs) writing about food for so long, I'm not a fancy cook. I'm I'm very much the home cook that you were describing earlier, Robin. But (laughs) for on New Year's Eve, I sort of become another person, and we really embrace this whole idea of fussy, fancy finger food, you know, like I would never make gougere. I don't even know how to do oh. right? <laughs> you know, like this seems like not something that I would spend time doing. And But for some reason, New Year's Eve, we all go crazy. And my kids still want to actually hang out with us on New Year's Eve. So we do a big, fancy New Year's Eve dinner and have lobsters as the centerpiece because we don't really ever have lobsters. I mean, we'll get a lobster roll in the summer if we are in New England, but we never really make them. And so it's a real treat to do this once a year. Mm-hmm. Fun time to do like do. a black tie party. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get my kids to dress up. <laughs> they have that little tuxedo t-shirt, right? <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, uh, we're, we're mostly about the food being fussy, not our attire. But um, it's really fun. And we start the night with potato chips with a little creme fraiche and, again, rat caviar, which is so yummy. And yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we do um, popcorn in truffle oil, which we, we had... Really, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Inn at Little Washington in <laughs> Virginia. Is it Virginia? Um, oh, yeah. They they have this popcorn there that has like shaved truffles on it. That's like the most ridiculous, oh, yeah. indulgent thing you've ever eaten. And it's and so we recreate it with we just use like a little truffle oil, which works. We sit down to our dinner and it's lobster as a centerpiece with uh, the recipe that I have in this book is a beet and blood orange salad with pistachios. Oh, and, that sounds yeah, yummy. Yeah, and then we finish with brownie sundaes, which is not exactly the fanciest, fussiest thing, but it's a hit. So, Jenny, <laughs> um, were you going to tell us how to make the lobster and butter? Full disclosure, my husband is always the lobster maker in my house, but it's not complicated. I mean, we favor steaming versus boiling because we think that it results in a more tender lobster. Okay. Um, and basically, you put two inches of salted water in the bottom of a very large pot. The rule in general, I think, is you want the salt water to have the salinity of the sea. Um, mm-hmm. And then you set a steamer rack inside, bring bring the water to a boil over high heat, and then add the lobsters one at a time. And you want to make sure there's room. If you have to do this in two pots, maybe that would be better, but depending on how many you're making, you don't want them to all be crammed in there. Basically, once they're done, you shell them and you... You know, you fight about who gets the tail versus the, <laughs> the claws. We have a big divide in our house over who yeah. likes what. And then the butter, the champagne butter is really... You know, yeah, the, now we're talking. The kids just <laughs> like the idea that they're having champagne on, on New Year's Eve, and it's really not a lot. It, it's more for just for, for celebratory effect than actual taste. But we yeah. just, we melt butter, we stir in a tablespoon of, of champagne with some fresh lemon juice, and, and yeah, lots of it. You just do, do not want to run out of butter Bang. when you're having Yeah. <laughs> Champagne it's, butter. it's simple and elegant at the yeah. same time. For steaming times, for those of you who will ring in the new year with Jenny's lobster recipe, on the site you'll find it has a handy guide for steaming lobsters by weight. So you'll go all the way from 10 minutes for a one-pound lobster to 18 minutes for a two-pound lobster. Can't go wrong. There you go. Jenny, thank you for spending the last of 2016 with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year. You can find information on Jenny Rosenstrock's book, How to Celebrate Everything, as well as her recipes for party latkes, Jenny's take on her mom's chocolate pudding pie, her Entenmann's copycat chocolate nut loaf, and New Year's Eve lobsters with champagne butter, all four Mm. recipes on foodschmooze.org. 
We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for Faith's fun 60-second food schmoozes. I learn a lot of little tricks from them. Faith is back next week. Until then, from me, Robin Doyon Aiken, Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, and Mark Raymond, thank you all so much for listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Everybody eats when they come to Thanks for listening to the podcast on your schedule. And when you need a little party in your life, we're here and online all the time at foodschmooze.org. And of course, also on Facebook at Faith Middleton Food Schmooze.